Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Faithful Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, September 12, 2013, and today we are reading from the big book. We are in Chapter 6, Into Action, and we're on page 77. We'll begin today with the last paragraph at the bottom of that page that begins, Under No Condition. The reference number for yesterday's meeting, which was Wednesday, September 11th, is 5123. That's 5123. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain to recover from compulsive overeating and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'd now like to ask Diane G. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Diane from New Hampshire. Could you wait just one moment, Diane? Um, if you are um, not muted on the line, would please everybody unmute except the person who's speaking so that the recording will be quiet. Thanks so much. Go ahead, Diane. Thank you. Twelve steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made amend, direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for his knowledge of his will, excuse me, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Mm, thanks so much, Diane. 
And now the 12 traditions. And Kim, could you read those for us? Thanks, Janice. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are for trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, Kim. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book we are in, Chapter 6, Into Action, we are on page 77, and we are at the bottom of page 77, the last paragraph that begins, Under No Conditions. And this morning, I would like to ask Sandra D. to please read that first paragraph to get us started. Good morning. This is Sandra D. from Naples, Florida. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. Simply, we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. We are there to sweep off our side of the street, 
realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so, never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our own. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. Um, I am a sponsor, and um, I have, this is definitely applied to me, because it is very difficult when talking with another one who has a an overeating problem or that sort of thing, or in spiritually, uh, in a spiritually uh, difficult position, to talk to them, and um, because quite easily you can be offensive, or they feel that you're trying to, in some way, offend them. So yes, I agree. Uh, as a sponsor. I talk about myself and how I've been working this program. And as I straighten out my past or attempt to straighten out my past, I talk about my journey, and hopefully it will inspire this other person. Um, As soon as I were to uh, say something that in critical of that other, my sponsee, for example, I know I'm definitely, probably putting this person on the defensive. So it's a very, um, very uh, uh, difficult position, but it can be done with care and compassion. And I pass. Janice, star one, to unmute. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Sandra. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Press star one to unmute. Well, this is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. And I'd love to comment on this paragraph because I think this paragraph in particular for me spoke volumes about where I was and where I needed to be and what my attitude was going to be when I started to make these amends. You know, step eight and nine, we're taught here in the big book that steps eight and nine are our first foray into the world of making it right with other people. You know, trying to get right with other people and clean up my past. You know, clean up my past. And how is that going to be done? How is that going to be done? Well, this chapter is entitled, Into Action. Into Action. I'm going to be taking action here. And it might be action that's not very familiar to me. I may have to learn how to behave in a way that up until now I've not been able to do very successfully. You know, it's been a part of my problem. It's been a part of my problem. You know, I just step out of that place of denial, out of that place of denial and realize that I had to only clean up my side of the street, but I had to do that. If I was going to live well and happily and usefully in this world, I had to learn how to do this. I had to learn how to do this. And it says, under no condition do we criticize or argue. You know, we're going to someone whom we've harmed, 
harmed, and we're going to make try to make right whatever it is we did or said or whatever action we took that harms that person. And to focus only on myself was really a great relief. It was really a great relief. You know, I couldn't just agree with the principles of this program. Now I had to act on the principles of this program. You know, to focus on myself and what I had done and do that only. And do that only. New way of thinking, new way of acting. Practice, practice, practice. You know, I was going to have to do this differently. And I wasn't going to do it with texting, and I wasn't going to do it by an email, and I was, I was going to do it face-to-face whenever possible, it says. Whenever possible, face-to-face. And it's very humbling, but it's, at the same time, so freeing, so freeing. But I didn't do it without preparation. I didn't do it without prayer and meditation. I didn't do it without talking it over with my sponsor. You know, I, and, and to stop trying to think about what the other person did, what the other person said, and not tell them what they should do, it says. You know, we are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so. Never trying to tell him what he should do. You know, don't discuss the other person's fault. I stick to my own. I stick to my own. And it says if our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the results. Well, what are those results going to be? That I get to stand in a place of freedom. That I get to stand back in the light when I've been in the darkness for so long. That I'm going to be able to see myself even more clearly and be even more close to my higher power. You know, I'm, re- I'm still removing those obstacles. I'm still removing those things that blocked me from the sunlight of the Spirit. That's what this step is doing for me, bringing me ever closer to my higher power. And isn't that the whole point? And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Hi, it's Laura. This is Katie. Laura, and I heard Katie, and did I hear someone else? Leah. Leah. Okay, Laura, Katie, and then Leah. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Laura, recovered in South Jersey. And, you know, I just wanted to mention, uh, when I first came, read the steps, many, many, many years ago, I thought, oh, my gosh, I could never do that. I could never go to these people I have harmed and tell them it's my fault. But remember, we're at step nine here, and we've already gone, we've already pocketed our pride in steps four and five. We've already made our list. We've already experienced those fifth step promises and feeling that um, our problem has disappeared, and we, we feel that we're on that broad highway walking hand in hand with God. So by the time I got to step nine, I was excited. I mean, I was a little nervous, of course, like it says. Probably there are still some misgivings, still some doubts or anxiety. But I was excited to continue to clear up my life and to change the person that I once was into the person that my creator intends me to be. So, you know, under no condition, it says, and I have that underlined. I mean, this is, these words are so powerful. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or, or argue. We need to, you know, for me, I needed to go in there and tell them that I'm doing this because I want to change. I want to be a new person. I don't want to repeat the past. I don't want to, and that's what an amends is. It's not just saying you're sorry. It's saying, you know, it's apologizing and changing my behavior. 
and being accountable for the actions or the inactions that I took or didn't take in the past. And I stick to my own side of the street and living living every day in 10, 11, and 12, I mean, that comes up all the time, needing to make amends and asking my higher power for guidance and help. You know, I remember. I never apologized, though, for my my faith in God. This, I never apologized for my my higher power and my um, my new way of life. Because my main purpose, as we know, is to be of maximum service to God and to the people about us. And you know, I'm not sure every single day what God's will is for me, but I do know that when I am in recovery, living one day at a time, I am at peace. And I do know that that's God's will for me. That part of it is God's will for me. So, you know, it's. It, it's simple. I mean, we simply tell them, this is what, we, this is what we're doing. How can I, I, I've harmed you. How can I correct it? What can I do? Uh, rather than focusing on, on them, it's just wonderful, wonderful reminder of how our lives can completely be transformed. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Laura. And go ahead, Katie. Can you hear me? Can hear you just fine, Katie. Okay. Good morning. I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. So this is talking about, from the previous paragraph, the person that has harmed us, the per- person that we have, you know, really uh, don't get along with, really don't like. And, you know, I know for me and for I've heard this a lot, you know, a lot of us, are, it's our parents. Our parent, you know, my dad, um, I had a lot of issues with the way he, um, uh, his involvement in my life, and I, you know, had a lot to say to him. But the this is telling you that um, we are here just to sweep off our side of the street. You know, as an adult having children now, I have even more reason to say, what in the world was he thinking? But, you know, I don't say that to him. I have to be in a position of neutrality because that's what this program gives me. But, you know, that's why this isn't uh, step two or four. Uh, This is step nine because I've gone through a process to get to this point. And if I'm not ready to make this amends right away, then I do a lot of prayer before I do that. And the prayer for me resulted in me seeing every person in my life as a person, um, as a person with a uh, capable of making mistakes, and I'm not their higher power, they're not my higher power, and I can uh, come to them in a position of neutrality. And the thing that changes, um, and what it's talking about here, um, if I'm our manner is calm, frank, and open. We will be gratified with the result. The result is this, these people that I carried around with me uh, like a load of baggage on my back, you know, a, a backpack with bricks in it my whole life, were taking up space in my head rent-free. And, you know, they were going on with their lives, and I was just, you know, had this, uh, this cloud over me with um, from the past, and what happens is that is gone, and I, you know, it's really hard for me to even muster up those negative feelings anymore. I mean, I, God changes me from the inside out, and I no longer give people power in my life. 
Um, and that is what happens. And I didn't have to tell, you know, the people that harmed me or the people that I had such a problem with what they did. I just had to clear up my part. And that's what, you know, they're telling us to do. That we, this isn't about us. You know, that's why in these circumstances we don't, uh, may not want to mention God because we may not want to say, you, you know, get to the point where we are pointing out their fault. Let them figure that out, out on their own, or they may never figure that out, and that doesn't matter. We're here to clear up our side of the street. That'll pass. Thank you, Katie. And go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Very important paragraph here. Um, Under no conditions do we criticize such a person or argue. Um, You know, step nine, it's just an opportunity uh, for me to take responsibility. You know, it's a readiness to accept the consequences of my past. How how, how have I behaved and how has that affected other people? you know, the rule is I'm always, you know, needing to be hard on myself, but always considerate of other people. You know, I I have to be hard on myself. I have to be sure to remember that I can't buy my own peace of mind at the expense of other people. You know, I can't uh, stomp in there and... Uh, tell someone off or argue with them and then I'm going home and sleeping well at night and they're up all night. All I've done is transferred the problem over to them. You know, I'm no longer upset, but they sure are. Uh, that That's not the goal here. You know, I'm going in there with uh, with my higher power submitting myself. You know, we talked yesterday about putting the bit in our teeth. You know, I need to serve my master. That is God. And if God dwells in me, he's going to dwell in that other person as well. So, you know, that's that's the focus is how can I uh, take responsibility for my my actions, accept the consequences of my behavior. Simply we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. And also, you know, it's important. I don't have to convince him or her of anything. The person that needs convincing about this step work is me. (laughs) I need to be convinced that this is a life and death matter, that I'm on a life and death errand to save my own life. You know, so whether that person understands this process is really quite unimportant. The important part is, do I understand Do I understand that if I delay my amends merely out of fear for myself, that I will ultimately be the one to suffer? You know, that's a delaying tactic that we all want to use, is this temptation to say, oh, let bygones be bygones. You know, let's rationalize that my past is behind me and there's no need to straighten up uh, the past because that'll just stir up trouble by bringing up issues from the past. And so I'm just going to fantasize that those amends for the past mistakes are unnecessary. You know, all I have to do is change my current behavior. But that, that's not the case. That's not the case. Because the reality is that we come here filled with guilt and remorse and fear and shame. We come here uh, very frightened, uh, you know, uh, 
um, concern that we're going to bump into an old boss or an old boyfriend. And because of those conditions, that always led us back to compulsive overeating. You know, we couldn't take the discomfort of all that. But if we could change from that, what I just described, to something entirely different, which is, you know, uh, um, accepting consequences and accepting responsibility, then we will have changed our personality sufficient to bring about recovery. So this is not an option for someone who wants to get well. It goes on to say here, you know, his faults are not discussed. We stick to our own, and certainly there's enough of our own behavior uh, to keep us quite busy. At least that was true for me. And with that, I can pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? This is Kim. Go ahead, Kim. Good this morning, is Sharon. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, so often we talk about the promises in the program, but there's also a lot of warning, a lot of caution. So it says here, simply tell We lost you, Kim. Can you unmute? Can you hear me now, Janice? Can hear you. Okay, sorry. So I was saying this sentence. Simply, we tell him we will never get over our drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out our path. So that's a warning. That is a warning. We are warned basically two times in this step that we are going to drink again if we do not go through with it. One is at the end of step four into five, where it says if we skip this vital step, we will not get over our drinking. And then in step nine, we're told three times, three times, that, you know, remember we said we're going to go to any length. We will not go over our drink, get over our drinking, unless we do our utmost to straighten out the past. And my experience in the 12 steps and my experience in carrying this message is that's when most people pick up. Most people pick up as they're doing their step four and finishing it and refusal to make amends. Refusal to make amends. So these amends are necessary. If we want those promises, if we want to become awakened, we need to do these amends. You know, when I was making my list, when I was going through my step four, I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm putting down all these people that hurt me and now you want me to go out and make amends to them? But I had already looked at where was I selfish, where was I resentful, where was I fearful, where was I seeking, where was I inconsiderate. So I knew where I needed to make my amends, and I needed to put what they did out of my mind. And I made a list. Which ones was I willing to do now? Which ones was I willing to do later? And which ones was, hell no, I'm never doing it. And as I willing, was willing to do them, the laters became the nows. The hell knows became the laters, which eventually became the nows. Because I had to ask my question, how free do I want to be? How free do I want to be? That these resentments from the 80s were going to be a noose around my neck unless I made the utmost attempt to straighten out my path. 
So as we focus on those promises, recognize there's also many warnings in this program. And I'm going to read that warning one more time. Simply, we tell him that we will never get over our drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Was there someone else that wanted to share? This is Bella. Can I share? Go ahead, Bella. Good morning. This is Sharon. Paula. Bella and then Sharon and then Paula. Okay, good morning. My name is Bella and I am a compulsive overeater. Wow, thank you for leading this meeting and thank you very much for everybody that is on the meeting. It's Wow, it's a wonderful, wonderful paragraph that I really like it. Uh, it says here, um, we are there to sweep off our side of the street. Wow, before the program, I was busy only with me and I. And I knew that I want to be perfect and I will be perfect. If only, if only my parents would be different, if only my husband would be different, if only my teachers would be different. And I wanted to fix everybody else, but not myself. I was blaming everybody else, but not myself. I, will, I was busy to look at their fault. Oh, they did so many mistakes, and they were so not respectful, but... What about me? Oh, I am not in the picture. I am perfect. I am wonderful. Thank God. Thank God it's a miracle that now I am in the program. And even though the program is all about we, we are in a group, but the action is to sweep off our side of the street. We can be a group when I am looking at my own house and to clean my own house. Then I can, when my own house is clean, then when I can br bring guests to my house. And what's a wonderful thing is to look at myself. And we, we said a few, a few paragraphs before to look at other people like, not that they are sick and I am the, the wonderful. No, we are sick. We are all sick with the same, uh, um, with the same thing, you know, we are all human and we are all have our character defect. So now what can I do to, I should be the best human being that I can be. What can I do that I should serve God the way God wants for me? And another thing that now that I am, thank God, thank God in the program, and I have a new is a kit of tools. You know, when I am looking at somebody else's fault, it's right away, well, it's one day at a time, and this is my goal, to look, uh, wait a minute, his fault is a red light for me. It's an awareness for me what I am doing wrong that it flashes right to me. And, you know, when... I will do. I will have to do this amends, not what I did in the past. You know, I am a human, and I will. You know, most probably, I will have to do amends 
you know, it's a lifetime. It's not, okay, I did my amends, I did my step four, I did my step nine, and now it's over. No, it's a, it's a thing of life. It's everyday life. And we are one day at a time. We have to work on our character defect, and we have to work in our doing our amends. And it's such a wonderful thing to be able to look at the person that we, we harm them and to be able to say, well, I am willing to change. I am willing to, to behave different. I am willing to learn uh, new ideas. And it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling that, you know, I am taking care of myself to be able to, to, to be there for other people. We are all the same. We are, I am not better than you. I am not more than you. We are all the same. We are here to help each other and to listen to each other and to give and to get. And the only time that I can give is when I am let myself to get also from other people. Thank you very much, and by this I will pass. Thank you, Bella. Go ahead, Sharon. Okay, thank you, Janice. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, thank you so much. Um, this is Sharon, a recovering compulsive overeater, very grateful in Colorado. And I have just completed the fourth and fifth step with my sponsor. And so all of these directions that uh, we have been reading are so helpful to me right now. Um, because I will be continuing on now with steps uh, six through nine. And uh, in this paragraph, uh, under no condition do we criticize such a person or arguing. Um, I'm going back through all of my, um, you know, turnaround sheets and everything and uh, praying again that four-step prayer to help me be prepared to not criticize uh, any of these persons or argue with them. I see how important that is, that uh, I am just to clean up my side of the street um, and realize that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so. So I just uh, thank everyone recovered here on the line that has such wonderful insights in, um, in these paragraphs and uh, will help me be willing and able to move forth um, in the right way uh, in making these amends. And uh, I already feel uh, such a relief just from the part that I've already done. So I just want to thank all of you out on the line and thank you for your faithfulness to be here every single morning. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. And go ahead, Paula. Thank you. This would be Paula, compulsive overeater, recovered. I'd like to just look at a couple of words. One of them is simply. You know, everything was so complicated before, wasn't it? But wait, why is it simply now? Because I'm getting step by step. One, two, three, four. Now here I am, seven, eight, nine. And here the action. Simply, we tell him that we will never get over drinking you must be clear on this. You will never get over drinking. I didn't want to live there anymore. Until we have done our utmost. That's not a word we use often. I don't use the word, well, I, I've done my utmost. No. 
It's not something that just rolls off my tongue, nor do I do. The word means the greatest power, my higher power, the greatest power, degree, or effort. This isn't easy. But I'm not doing this alone anymore. To straighten out the past. The past made my today. And until I got there, it would always direct me wrong. Once it was straightened out, finally, finally, I would be in the right path. And then it tells you again, step by step, line by line, what, what, why we are there and what we're to do. But this other word, His faults are not discussed, clearly. We stick to our own, never looking. If our manner is, now if your manner isn't, so be clear here, calm, serenity, frank, and open, not closed anymore. My mind was so closed It was what they did. It never was what I did. And now, the change. The door has been opened. It is what I did. It has nothing to do what they did. We will be gratified all to live in today fully, totally, and completely. We will be gratified with the results. Thank you. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And would anyone else like to comment before we move on? This is Sally in New Jersey. Go ahead, Sally. Thank you. Uh, This is Sally. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. And um, I want to just comment before we move on on this word argue. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. And even taking it to a smaller level, under no condition do we argue. This is a very important principle that is being presented to us repeatedly throughout the steps. And I know that it's being presented for me because I was a real fighter. And um, I wanted to highlight the number of places that continually tell us not to argue. Here here it is again in step nine, but it's really quite a principle that is presented over and over throughout this 164 pages. Um, looking at page 103, the very last line of that chapter, working with others, it says, besides we have stopped fighting anybody or anything on page 84, at the bottom of the page, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned. On page 98, again at the bottom of that page, he should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration, argument and fault-finding, are to be avoided like the plague. And interestingly, I've seen as I've been reading through this um, this book that a number of times it talks about um, how people have lost their abstinence because of arguing. I'm thinking specifically of um, 
the story of the gentleman who was uh, owned the car the car dealership and how he um, had argued with his boss and how, how we really cannot afford to argue under any circumstances. It is a principle that we are being brought to. And, and again, it's, it runs along the lines of accepting life on life's terms and surrendering the outcome. And so with that thought, surrendering the outcome, I would like to suggest that when we look at this, under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. So we are surrendering the outcome of each and every one of these amends that we are making. We have no way of knowing what the outcome will be. In these following paragraphs, they're going to talk to us about what might happen. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll take some responsibility um, and tell us, you know, their part of it. We don't know what the outcome will be, but we know as we walk into the situation, each individual relationship that we are going to touch down on, that we go to that situation making the amends with no ulterior motives, with no expectations of what their reaction will be. It's just that we are, it is us holding hands with our higher power, us being willing to take responsibility for our part, us being decided that we are not going to shine a flashlight on any part of what they did, and we are not going to argue. We are simply there to present our flaw our character defect, and come to them to ask, how can we make it right? With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sally. Anyone else like to comment before we move on? This is Vered. Go ahead, Vered. Hi, this is Vered, the recovered compulsive overeater from Jerusalem. I must say that this paragraph touched me so much. Personally, a year ago, I did my step nine with my mother. And just, just what I heard now before, I remember that it was said again on the vision for you that really opened my eyes that when I actually um, turn the flashlight on somebody's um, you know, shortcomings, I'm actually participating in their shortcomings. And with my mom, I used to criticize her and to argue with her. And it used to be hell. And always I thought, you know, she's the one to be blamed. She's the one that did not um, educate me well. She's the one that caused most of my problems. And for many years, I didn't know if she um, loved me at all or not. And after doing this step nine with her, taking responsibility on my part. And what my part was arguing all the time, trying to correct the world, trying to educate everything that moves. It's my mom, if it's the dog, or if it's a stone. And that was my main, main character defect. And I prayed a lot about it. And I think that when I got to um, really do my step nine with my mother, it was already after practicing trying not to do it anymore. So I was able to know that when I really take responsibility, not only I wish or I mean it, I already practice it in everyday life. 
and I cannot, um, I cannot really explain what a change that uh, brought to. There are no arguments anymore. I know today that my mom loves me. Maybe she did different mistakes that, you know, everybody, we're not, we're all only human, we're not God. And, and, and it's still true that in some aspects of life, she is a sick man and I should treat her as such. But I had a huge part in it. And taking responsibility only on my part. And I also remember my sponsor directing me and saying, after you finish taking responsibility, and I also wrote it in a very specific uh, way, not with many words, to be really precise and exact, and, 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 and asking, is there anything that I can do um, to make things right? To also ask if there is something that I forgot, if there is something that she feels that I hurt, that I still need to take responsibility for. And then just listen to it and taking a deep breath. And if I, if I right away feel that it's true and I can take responsibility on that, so I should. And if not, so to thank her and to say that I'm going to think about it. And I just cannot imagine what happened in a year. What kind of relationship do I have with my mother today? And I'm so thankful, first of all, to God and to the people of, you know, who wrote the big book who guide us so step-by-step step how to get to this serenity and to really live peacefully and engage with other people in a healthy way. And thank you for the vision for you and for everybody, and I pass. Thank you, Vered. Well, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Kathy Kate, could you please read that for us? Are you there, Kathy? Press star one to unmute. Sorry about that. I was talking away. <laughs> this is Kathy, a compulsive overeater, recovered from Boston. Thanks, Janice. In nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. Sometimes the man we are calling upon admits his own fault, so feuds of years standing melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well. Occasionally they will offer assistance. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. We have made our demonstration, done our part. It's water over the dam. Um, this paragraph is so uh, meaningful to me, and it describes the range of experiences that I had when making my amends on my eight-step list. Um, it says here that there are several different reactions um, that we may encounter when we make an amends. Um, and I can remember when I started the process, uh, I was so fearful of how the other person was going to react. Um, 
and I had to, uh, my sponsor kept reminding me to keep the focus on myself, not on the other person, and that my mission was to clean up my side of the street. Um, And so it required me to really do this work in partnership with my higher power. I had to ask God for help to keep the focus on myself and to not be distracted by how I imagined someone else might react. And that was a big, big change in behavior for me. Um, I had lived my life always anticipating how another was going to react to anything I said or did. And now I was being asked um, to perhaps witness what someone else did, but not to be concerned about it or to try to get a particular reaction. And it wasn't as if one reaction was better than another. And it did happen for me that in nine out of ten cases, uh, there was a very... Uh, positive response with someone owning their part and the relationship was transformed in that um, immediate encounter. And I also had the experience where someone just did not want to hear me out. Um, And that was very, very painful. And I remember feeling as if I had failed my on my mission and my higher power reviewed what I had said and uh, assured me that I had done what's expected of me in the ninth step. I have I had taken responsibility and articulated what I had done wrong and asked if there was anything else that I needed to do. Um, so I think the, these variations in what we can expect reflect um, the importance of going at this step with the right attitude, which is uh, to clean up our side of the street. And in many cases, we will be pleasantly surprised, but for sure, we will feel lighter, um, cleaner, and freer as a result of taking the actions. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Would anyone else like to Kaya? Sandra Day. Go ahead, ahead, Sandra. And then who is after you, Sandra? Kaya. Kaya? Okay, Sandra, then Kaya. You know, when I did my amends, I found out that uh, many of the people to whom I was going to make amends had passed away. So, um, you know, I couldn't make amends to these people. I tried to do certain things. I believe my sponsor said maybe make a, write a letter to the person, uh, maybe make a donation to that person's favorite charity, all that sort of thing. And I was able to make amends to my older sister, um, I'd always considered myself the victim. She was older than I was. And, uh, you know, I'm the victim. She picked on me, she picked on me, and therefore. But then when I went through this program, I began to turn around and look at myself. I like that expression. Almost it's a physical feeling. Turn around and look at yourself. And I did. 
And I realized that even though she was older and perhaps she said or did things that weren't good, I didn't I didn't respond in the way I could have responded. She was just another human being. She was just another child. And that and so I mean, I told her that that I felt like that uh, I wanted to make amends to her, and she says, "Well, you were younger than I was, but it's it's really cleaned up that aspect of my past because that was always bothering me. That affected our relationship now, and I'm 69 and she's 72. But what what is most miraculous because of this program is that when I have a what I call a run-in with another person, uh, maybe I say something or that the other person retaliates. I used to say, oh, they picked on me. I'm a victim. It's their fault. It's never my fault, never my fault. And, you know, I, when that happens, I may hold that feeling for a second, but then I said, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Turn around. What did you do to precipitate this? So it's this program is so wonderful. It's made such a difference in my life. And I praise God that I have found it. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sandra. And go ahead, Haya. Thank you. Hi, everybody. This is Haya, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Dallas, Texas. And I want to welcome anyone who's new and encourage you to keep coming back. We are on step nine. There were eight steps that came before this. So if you're lost, we understand, and rightly so. But... We'll, uh, we'll be able to learn a lot together. Um, I, uh, this, again, is one of those experiences that until you've done it, it's hard to understand what it feels like. So I encourage anyone who uh, hasn't done it to continue on. And, uh, you know, when I did my amends, any, all my experiences with my amends, I've had both. Uh, <laughs> I've had both the wonderful experience as well, you know, of being the, the amends being welcomed the uh, person uh, coming in and, and owning their side of the street and offering assistance and telling them how proud they were of me for doing what I'm doing as if I'm doing this, you know, because uh, to, be, to be, you know, for any righteous reason, I'm doing this to save my life. But that's a very, um, it's a gift when that happens and there is a connection that, that um, happens. Uh, as a result, and I have also, right, so nine cases out of ten, and I would say that had probably statistically, if I kept track, nine cases out of ten, um, that is what happens, you know. They admit their own fault, so fuse of years standing melt away. This does happen. Um, occasionally, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, though, it is uh, not that case. I've had one where I went and I did my utmost to straighten out the past, and the person absolutely refused uh, my amends. They refused to accept my amends. And um, it was difficult, but when I looked inside the book, I found that I did exactly what I was supposed to do. And... Um, I cleaned up my side, and now it's on them, and, and, and I can pray for them, and I don't have resentment for them. And I understand also why they may not want to accept my amends, um, because I hurt them, and, um, it, it, and that's okay. But, but, but as we've been discussing, um, you know, we're doing this because if we don't, as Kim shared, 
you know, earlier, um, you know, we, we, may, we may go back to eating if we don't, in fact, they're letting us know. And, and that is my experience also as a sponsor that people uh, fall off in the middle of the fourth step or uh, in between the fourth and the fifth step and then certainly around the amends. And I just want to make one point about the amend and one clarification is that, um, you know, usually in my experience, from my own experience and from the experience of the people that I've worked with in program, had a privilege to, to help, you know, assist on this journey um, to be a guide through, through the book um, where the directions are, is there's usually a list of people that we've harmed that we have to make amends to. And um, making only some of them is not completing that task. Um, and so it, it's been important for me to make sure that all the amends on my list, I've done my utmost to straighten out the past. And, and um, that, it, that one amend doesn't do it, two amends doesn't do it, you know, that we have to make all of those. I need to be able, you know, my barometer is when I'm walking down the street, anyone should be able to walk towards me, anyone from my past should be able to walk towards me and where I don't have to duck my head, cross the street, and hide. And um, I, I can walk with my head up high knowing that I've done my job. Thanks so much for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Haya. Well, this is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And thank you, God. I would just like to say something about this paragraph that that you know rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. You know, that's that's what I was trying to do. That's what I was being taught here in the Big Book. Is I was trying to make more progress because without that progress, I was going to stagnate and I was not going to move closer to the goal, to the aim, to the objective, which, which was to live happily and usefully in this world. And I, I went into this paragraph looking at nine out of ten cases, the unexpected happens. You know, when I show up with spiritual courage backing me and complete sincerity, utter sincerity, just trying to clean up my side of the street, trying to make right and make amends and do it with utter sincerity, someone responds to that. Someone responds to that and it says, sometimes the unexpected happens. And that's happened for me. Someone that I never would have imagined I could clean the slate with opens their heart to me when I show up with sincerity, not trying to impress anybody, not trying to make a point, not trying to show someone how spiritual I've become, but just try to show up with an attitude of honesty and sincerity. And when I show up like that, sometimes the unexpected happens. But sometimes the unexpected also happens and they throw me out of the office, it says. You know, all the hopefulness I might come in with that I can do this thing, the other person may respond however they're going to respond. And it says that doesn't matter. Because if I've shown up with honesty and sincerity, and I've shown up, if I formulated that plan of action, I'm carrying my higher power right there with me into this situation, then however I've made my demonstration, I've done my part, 
and then whatever happens is water over the dam. And with that, I'll pass. And I think we're out of time today, so we'll close there. Thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you to Diane for reading the steps and Kim for reading the traditions, for Sandra, for Kathy, for Katie, for being readers. And um, I'll now um, close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Melanie, are you available to read that? I am. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater here in Oregon. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.